This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This episode is View of the Opposition. It is one of our previews for Fulham's match against Everton. Joining me today is a friend of mine. His name is Taylor Mannix. He actually hosts a wonderful show, sports radio show in Maine called Mannix and Mannix on the Big Jab. He happens to be an Everton supporter. So who better for me to talk to about this match than my friend, Taylor, first, before we get going, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We've had you a bunch of times on our programming, so it's great to come here on the Cottage Talk, which uh, I, I know is uh, important to very many Fulham fans. So it's an honor to be here to to represent the the evil uh, the the other side happening this weekend in Everton. Okay, excellent, my friend. Let's get to it. Let's uh, talk about the business that Everton has done so far in the transfer window and your thoughts, and then we'll talk about the preseason. Yeah. And look, I mean, you're looking at summer transfers right now. There's still the possibility of another one. And it looks like it's pretty much coming to fruition for Everton. And that's if in Yusuf Chamadi coming from uh, sporting Lisbon, I'm apologized to all those out there. If I butchered that a little bit, he's a young, young kid from sporting Lisbon right now. It looked like today they were doing medicals. If they can land him, um, that is going to, I think, make an Everton fan like myself breathe a little bit easier from this transfer window. So far, they've only been able to bring in uh, Arnaud D- uh, Danjuma from Villarreal, which, again, loan, fantastic. Uh, a, a welcomed ad in Ashley Young on a free transfer as well from Aston Villa. But the guys going out, Russ, uh, from Yerry Mina, right. um, even Ellis Sims, who to me, I understand he went to Coventry for $8 million, but with the lack of depth at the forward position, it was tough to see him go. And even Mosey Keane. Um, heading out, you know, there was a lot of players leaving this team, not enough coming in. So I think for any Everton fan, they'll tell you it was an unsatisfying transfer window yet again, despite um, Sean Deitch, I think, still being able to improve this team without as many transfers because you do have some injuries coming back. But I don't know how any Everton fan could feel good 
going into this season after what we saw again with the way they handled their business. Okay. We're going to be talking about Sean Deitch in just a few minutes, but let's talk about the preseason. You and I were talking about it a little bit before we uh, hit the record button. So I understand your thoughts on the transfer window, but obviously how's the preseason gone so far that you've watched from Everton? Good and bad, right? Um, I felt it's great that they went unbeaten. Um, fantastic. Especially I thought the last match at Goodison Park, the way that they finished that out, it was very fun to watch. I actually just told you, you know, off air, I finished just watching that, catching up on it today. Great job um, in, in the preseason. Onana really stood out to me as a guy who can become an impact player, especially after what I saw against Sporting Lisbon. You get a, you get that at him against Fulham, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a, a much closer game than maybe I think it could be. Uh, Onana really impressed. Um, the health of DCL is still something to monitor over this preseason as well. But overall, I, I think the the theme that came out as much as I want to try to pull positives right now with you, Russ, right. was I, I don't know where the offense is going to come from yet again for a second season. And last year I felt like whenever we'd go into a game, if, if they were going to concede first, I, I, I think you're losing to think you're going to come back from a, even a goal deficit was tough last year. And this preseason left me with those same sentiments, just lack of offense, lack of depth up there. Very happy with the defense and how James Tarkowski has played. He played a ton of minutes last year. The only field player, in fact, to play every minute of the club's 22-23 season. He looked really good. So, again, happier with the defensive side of the ball, but very much so concerned about how Everton's going to continue to score goals. Okay, and we're going to talk about Calvert-Lewin coming up, but as we're talking about this and you're talking about the lack of goals – and if Fulham supporters and Everton supporters are not aware of this, I'm sure many are, that Dwight McNeil will not be involved. How much of a loss is this, not just in this match for Everton, but just in general? Yeah, and he has an ankle injury right now, Russ, that's looking, at least from the reports I've read, um, maybe a month long, depending on the injury. But he definitely will not be there for the Fulham match this Saturday at Goodison Park, which is bad for Everton. As you mentioned, what does he mean to the team? Um, he just brings pace when he carries with the ball. It's been fantastic last year. Uh, with the team, he led the team in goals scored with seven. And then he was actually even second in assists with three behind Alex Awobi, who finished with seven last season. And then the next closest with one after that. So he was a really important piece, especially I think when you saw down the stretch, whenever it didn't start to string together the two wins they did <laughs> that they needed to get into uh, the safe zone, that he was a big part of that. So I, it's going to be tough without him. And moving forward, even the month ahead, you you just wonder what they're going to do. Another injury as well um, that's coming into this uh, into this one is Seamus Coleman. He's out yep. with a knee injury too, who's another you know big piece. But to keep it on Dwight McNeil, um, I wouldn't have told you if I was doing this nine months ago or even a year ago if I was doing this. I would say Dwight McNeil, yeah, right, like big piece to Everton. But the way that things have gone with their pieces of business. I mean, Dwight McNeil is an extremely important part to this team. And without him against Fulham, I expect that to create even more problems with scoring goals if they already might have enough, right? So we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm with you, Russell, and, and way to bring him up because he gets forgotten, I think, in the mix of some of the names with Toffees, uh, but not Toffee fans, right. especially for what he did last year. Okay. So let's now talk about Sean Deitch. And I was actually just interviewed on another podcast called Across the Park, and we were talking about Deitch. And I actually admire what Sean Deitch does, Taylor, but it's very different than some of the other managers you've had. It's a completely different style. 
I think it was important to bring Deitch in to keep you in the Premier League. The question is, should he still be at Everton guiding you further on? The reason why I mention it, you've had some quality managers. One happens to be Fulham's manager, Marco Silva. And you're talking about going from someone that plays that type of style and you've had other managers that have played a more free-flowing style to someone like Sean Dyche. You know what you're going to get with Sean Dyche. So give me your thoughts on his style of play. Do you like his style of play and also your confidence level with him? I will say I do. I I, I enjoy. I, I, he he. St- we got us to survive. I'll say that we survived last year. Um, how I expect him to be this year, I kind of hope that work. Because I'll be honest, with you, no one expects this to be pretty this year. Um, right. The expectation of this is not going to be pretty. But there is, I think, optimism around a guy like Sean Dyche um, that he can deliver this season. Hopefully, drama free. Like I said, even if you're in the the relegation race, just don't be in it all year like you were last year. It seemed sure. like. From you know month one, this was always the destination for them was going to be bottom four. This year, you know, it kind of feels that way too. But with at least kind of that continuity coming back and understanding of what the expectations are. I mean, Ben Godfrey actually with a full offseason. And one thing I've noticed with Sean Dyche and why I have a ton of confidence, the like they look lean and slender against a team um, like Sporting Lisbon. And one thing Sean Dyche is always known for is keeping his clubs fit. Um, One of the things that I noticed in the preseason, he does this fitness test like the first day. Apparently they were just, you know, working on their fitness and seeing where everyone's at. And so to know that he's going to have a club in there that's going to have the legs underneath them, at least for me moving forward after some of the managers that we've had the past few years, I'm very happy. Um, I don't want to say it's necessarily a a David Moyes type guy yet. I don't want to go there. Um, But my confidence level is is pretty high. Maybe a Joe Royal. Um, but me again, he reminds me a little bit of an Everton, if you will, type manager at the helm at Goodison Park. And I and I think with him there, at least again, that continuity coming back, the understanding of what's expected, and again, the team looking like they're in shape for the most part, which again last year I felt like I mean Alex oh, Alex Awobi, and I'm just like, even Decore, they look really yeah. good. Um, they look like they're in shape. So that's where my confidence comes from with him, is he at least has the team prepared where it felt like under Rafa. I mean, don't even get me started with that one, right? <laughs> I understand, my friend. And just mentioning David Moyes, and uh, I remember when he was the Everton manager. I thought he was an excellent Everton manager. I just want to say that. Not the biggest fan of his since then, even at West Ham. I'm not a fan of his. But at Everton, he created an identity. I guess you could say Sean Dyche does too. But I thought to that degree, he was... Right? To a degree, To yeah. a degree. But... I just wish you played a more free-flowing style of play. But I understand why you have someone like Sean Deitch. He is there, I believe, to keep you in the Premier League. And I think that's fine. That's fine for right now. But at some point, I want you to move forward and not in neutral. Like I said, I think this season, it's about staying in. Then at some point, you got to look to build. I don't know if Sean Deitch is your man to build. But for right now, I think you're right, Taylor. I think this might be the right person to keep you in the premier league so and, and i couldn't agree more with you yeah. Russ, just real quickly to interject on that because there was one guy that i left out as well um in the transfer window that i just wanted to mention the 17 year old um samuel smith who was transferred to chelsea He's not yep. been a, he hadn't been capped for everton but to your point about this sean deitch and being the now that move selling samuel smith who by the way has u21 caps with england 
was a now move. And I think that demonstrated more the direction of just where, you know, the head honchos want to go, which is staying up. So to your point, I'm with you, you know, this might, you know, he might not be here in four years, but to keep them up and to at least get them back on track to where they're a mid table team, like, you know, hopefully, you know, where they can be this, this hopefully is going to be our guy, but you know, you have seen moves from the club as well to demonstrate that this year is about staying up, not the future. Right. And listen, it makes sense. Taylor, you're going to be going into a new stadium soon. Yeah. I think it's about staying in the Premier League. I understand that. I get that. I, I totally get that. And I'll say this, as I said on across the park, if I'm watching Liverpool play Everton, I'm Everton all the way. I can't stay in Liverpool. <laughs> That's just one of the clubs I can't stand. So I've never had anything bad about Everton except that Fulham have done terrible at Goodison Park, except for last season and maybe a few others, but right, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a difficult place for Fulham to play, and that's an advantage to you, my friend. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about someone that you and I were talking about off air, and I was mentioning on the last podcast I was a guest on, we were talking about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, so I'm just going to ask you the question. Does the season for Everton hinge upon the play of Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Is he that important? It depends on how this this Yusuf deal goes. It depends if they continue to decide that they need to do business by adding some center forwards and strikers. Um, but as of right now, yeah, I think there you can make the case that Everton's survival could depend on Dominic Carvalho and especially fitness. Um, he has the potential to be a serious, serious outlet in what Sean Dyche is trying to do with the Toffees, especially in counterattacking. Um, you, you look at the initial signs that were promising for him as a target man when he started Everton's win uh, over Arsenal on Dyche's debut. Uh, obviously, a couple you know injuries some then because further injury woes meant he not only wouldn't play a bigger role, obviously, down the stretch, but just wouldn't be there. So um, to see him as a towering focal point in the Deitch offense, I can. And I just hope he's going to be there. But I, I'm at the point now where I feel like I can't rely on Dominic Carvalho-Lewin. Uh, I love DCL. You and I kind of spoke on it. I mean, at yep. one point before the injury, this this guy was, you know, pushing the England team and, and pushing Harry Kane. I mean, I don't want to say he was pushing Harry Kane. I think we all knew Harry Kane's spot was safe. But the fact of the matter was he was scoring goals and right. he was forcing his name into the conversation. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, before we get into previewing the match, I want to get your thoughts on Fulham heading into this match. Now, I'll just share this with you. I'm actually, believe it or not, even with all the chaos going on with Fulham, with Mitro, with Marco Silva, with William, there's been so much chaos because of all of these Saudi clubs coming after our players and our manager. I'm actually feeling pretty good about Fulham, but I want to get your thoughts on it. I've actually used a phrase called embrace the chaos. I'm like, I'm embracing it. I'm a Patriots fan. Embrace the chaos. Ignore the noise. If you know where I'm going on that. What are your thoughts on Fulham? I'll tell you what. I mean, I as we talked about a little bit earlier, I was surprised to see Mitro in the lineup on that last uh, <laughs> the last preseason game and getting out there and get some touches. But you weren't the only one, right? <laughs> I, I I like Fulham. Um, you know, I love Craven Cottage. It's it's such a a great place. I had a, a friend of mine actually recently last year who comes on the show, Pat Willett. I'll give him a shout out. He went over and and had had the opportunity to see a game at at the cottage and spoke so highly of it. So. I've always been a little bit of a Fulham guy. I think it's also the USA connection that keeps me uh, interested in them. So I, I think you look and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, for me looking at it, I, I think with Fulham, there's, I mean, you guys are staying up. 
Like, I'm not afraid to say that about right. your squad. And I mean, I understand the turmoil with Mitrovic, with William, but I mean, to see him on the pitch, at least the last preseason game tells you that probably some positives coming from that. And yeah. I think Fulham will be able to work out either way, even if they have to sell him a way to, to make some money on that and be able to flip it. I feel like your club's always been able to do good business. Um, maybe I'm, you know, speaking as someone on the outside looking into and, Again, as an Everton fan, everything might look good from the outside, <laughs> but um, I'm excited it. to see what Fulham's going to be. I expect, you know, at least mid-table, yep. um, and I'm, I'm excited to watch you guys play again. I, I, y'all still have Tim Ream, correct? We do. We do. We, go, abso- yeah, so. we absolutely do, my friend, but he's going to be pushed by a signing, which I'll mention when we talk about key players. So I'll be mentioning that Love in just a few minutes, my friend. All right. Coming up next, Hale and I are going to break down this match. And we'll end with our predictions. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Taylor, let's get to it. Let's talk about Everton and your key players for this match. I'm glad that you talked about, I think you mentioned uh, a couple of players in central midfield. I know a player that did not play the last time we played that I know Fulham were very much interested in. I think it will be a key player in this match was Decore. So your thoughts on key players from an Everton perspective in this match? Yeah, Decore's huge, and there's been rumors that he was supposed to play more back this season, but after what I saw against Sporting uh, Sporting Lisbon, I, I'm i a little shocked because I, <laughs> I was expecting not to see him be as aggressive, and he, maybe he was picking his spots, right? You know, it's a Portuguese side, maybe there was something there, but I'm with you. I think I think Decore even last year was a huge piece to, to Everton's success, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring this year, whether it's in more of a defensive role or also as what we saw a little bit in Sporting Lisbon where he was more aggressive. I'm happy with either one, and I expect him to be a big one. For me going into this match, though, I'll be honest with you, Russ, I look at Tarkowski. Uh, James okay. Tarkowski is a guy who I think is having, especially with the departure of Yuri Mina, is expecting now to kind of become at least some toughness on the back line. There's already been the consistency. But I think Everton fans, including myself, are looking for him to take that next step, become that next-level defender for this club. Um, obviously, right now, there's no Coleman, um, Keane, and company. Right now, you know, with how the, the structure setting up coming into this weekend, I don't expect either of those guys to be playing. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing James Tarkowski out there again and, and another year under his belt, uh, Decore. But again, after seeing what I saw again in the last preseason game, Onana, um, I, I can't believe how he can move and he can just create just chaos down that sideline, just in the midfield. So Decore, as you mentioned, I think yep. you're right on it, Russ, him. Onana, and then especially Tarkowski defensively. And look, if we get Carvel Lewin, we'll see what he can do. 
Um, but as we've seen with Everton and with uh, with Fulham, not many goals to go around usually anyway, other than maybe that last match that we saw each other play where y'all got the best of us 3-1. But, yeah. I mean, before that, not many. So I'm not expecting too, too much offense. That's why maybe throw James Starkowski in there as more of a key player than I normally okay. would. Okay, I'm glad that you mentioned Onana. It's funny because yeah. now on two podcasts, I've heard his name, the Blue Room, and of course, we're talking about he, him he on, on Across impressive. the Park. He yeah. was impressive. Two podcasts, I've heard his name mentioned a great deal. So that's uh, that's a good shout. I do want to mention that, and again, um, I've been reading a little bit that Darkowski is dealing with something. I don't know if that's going to force him out. I just want to mention I've heard some stuff that he might be dealing yeah. with a little bit of an injury. So just yeah, well, and, and, and because and, and actually that came at the end of that game um, against uh, Sporting, he yeah. limped off the field. Um, it, it definitely wasn't something. And again, potential late blow there to Everton. It looked like, again, final whistle there. He was limping off. So it, I'm with you there. We'll see his availability. I know that from what I've read, there's the expectation he plays, but this early in the season, right? I mean, if he's not going to be 100% with the importance I just mentioned he has to that club, I'd be shocked if they threw him out there if he's not even 100%. If he's 80, I say take the risk, right? Sit him down and you got bigger fish to fry as this season goes on. Okay, excellent. All right. Just me briefly, key players for Fulham, I'm looking at a player that I believe can – and will make an impact as always will be someone like William. I think William will play huge for foam, a player that I think is going to start, but I'm not a hundred percent sure is Calvin Bassey. Will Calvin Bassey start in front of Tim Ream? Tim Ream's coming back from an injury and Calvin Bassey really impressed in the phone's last preseason match against Hoffenheim. The big question for Fulham will be, will Jao Polina be back? Fulham are a different team, my friend. With Jao Polina in there, he's coming off of an injury, and we'll see if he's ready. He has not played in the preseason since I saw him get injured in Philadelphia. So we'll see if he plays. If not, I think you'll see Sasa Lukic. But I always look at William because William, I think, is one of the classiest players I've seen. So I always look at William. All right, my friend, let's now talk about how does Everton win this match? How do they beat Fulham at Goodison Park? They cannot concede a goal. Um, they, okay. right. easier said than done um, I do love having Pickford back there I think that yeah. brings a little bit of calm to where you feel you can pull a nil-nil draw if possible even a 1-1 draw um, in this if it ends up that but um, the way they win this match is going to be from defending and being able to hit on the counters with Onana and finding DCL in the middle find a way to as I mentioned he's a guy who is just you know, again, with his aggressive style, the way he towers over people in the six-yard box, you have to find a way to deliver the ball to your goal scorer. Simple as that. Um, they need to find a way to get that. So far through the preseason, as I mentioned, that's been a major red flag for me is them being able to score goals. It feels like we're heading into kind of what we did last year where they were a minus 23 goal differential, only finding a way to score 34 while conceding 57 um, they're going to have to find a way to score goals, Russ, if they want to win. And I don't know where that comes from. Like I said, counterattacks, finding DCL, however they're going to have to get it done. But it starts from the back. Everton need to play clean. They can't mess around, as you said, with guys like William who have killed Everton in the past. Yep. You cannot let those guys get to space and create. And if I, if I, I look correctly, I believe I have it right here in my notes, which actually kind of made me sick to realize after last year. Everton at the end of last season – 
They conceded, I think it was for about 40% of those goals that were scored towards the end of the season on turnovers in their own end. So they can't afford to give Fulham any second gasp opportunities with bad clearances. These guys in the back have to play a clean game. And on those clean games, they need to find counterattacks that hit and get the ball to guys who can score the goal. But I'll be honest, I have a tough time seeing uh, as, as, as much as I'm excited for this game, I have a tough time seeing my Everton team find a way to win this match. Okay. I'm going to go now and share my thoughts on how Fulham win this match. And it's interesting because you're talking about basically breaking quickly on the counter. I'm going to say that Fulham need to break quickly because if you go back to the time that we last played, you saw Harry Wilson having an opportunity to score. Dan James scoring very quickly. They broke very quickly. I think that is a key for Fulham. You got William. You got a lot of pace here. You got William on one side. You got Harry Wilson on the other. You've got aggressive fullbacks and Anthony Robinson on the left and Kenny Tete on the right. I think it's going to be the wings for Fulham down the flanks. That to me is going to be the key and getting the ball in the middle. Will it be Mitrovic? Will it be Jimenez? I don't know, but I think that's going to be the key. It's going to be key will be, I believe the wingers for Fulham and how aggressive will they be? And I think they're going to be aggressive. So for me, it's getting them the ball as much as possible. Okay. And honestly, Russ, you should be aggressive. I mean, again, like I said, when you're playing a team like Everton that really doesn't have much to offer up top, yeah, get on get on them early. You, you score that early goal. We saw it so many times last year as Toffee yeah. fans that that was a dagger in the heart, and Everton just don't have enough to get back. So I'm, I I love that. I mean, the more aggressive Fulham are, I think the harder it's going to be for Everton to, to alleviate the pressure. Okay, excellent. All right. Going to put you on the uh, hot seat here. Starting 11, what would be your starting 11? With uh, Barring everyone's availability, um, I'm going to say Pickford at goal. Patterson, uh, this is across the back. Yep. Uh, Patterson, Young, Tarkowski, Godfrey, which I <laughs> that the injury that happened to start the season last year. Godfrey is one of my favorite players. So happy to see him back healthy. And the midfield, Ghana, Onana, Decore, uh, Danjuma, pending that he's there. Um, and Awobi, and then up top, Dominic Carvalho-Lewin. By the way, Awobi okay. last year led the uh, the team with assists with seven. I expect him to be uh, another big part of, of this Everton team. I am a huge Awobi fan. Him, um, he's – I don't know what it is. Even dating back to, to just before he even came to Everton, he's just been a guy I've admired. So really excited to watch what he does this season. I think he's a little underrated. Okay, very good. All right, so this is what I think – Fulham are going to go with. This is just my opinion. I think they're going to go with Leno. It's going to be Tete along with Diop. And I'm going to say Calvin Bassey. It'll be Jedi as your left back. In the center, this is where it gets interesting because I would like to think that Paulina would be available, but he has not played since the match in Philadelphia. He's in training right now. I just don't know if he'll be ready in time. So I'm going to say that Marco will go with Sasa Lukic, Harrison Reed, and then Pereira on the left. He'll go with William on the right, Harry Wilson up top. I'm going to say he goes with Jimenez. I'm just, I got a yeah. gut feeling it's going to be Jimenez. It could be Mitro, but I'm going to say he's going to go with Jimenez. That's going to be my starting 11. Okay, my friend, to end this episode, <laughs> what is your prediction? I am going to call it a one-nil victory to your Fulham squad. I just wow. think that uh, I, I I don't think you're Everton... welcome anytime. By the way, <laughs> I, I was a part of me really wants to take a draw, 
Um, and, and I'm looking, you know, I, <laughs> I'm looking at it right in front of me. I mean, when you look at the way, in, and I mean, these games have gone, especially at Goodison, um, Fulham three to one last, or excuse me, this season back on uh, the 15th of April. And then of course you look back to one of the last times they were at Goodison Park way back in 20, uh, you know, in 20, I believe it was 2021, a two nothing yep. win. So I don't know how you guys have had success despite us only playing our best football at, uh, at Goodison, but I right. kind of expect this to be a tough home opener for the Toffees. Again, they they hopefully will be getting some reinforcements up there up top to make me feel better about this, but I, I there's not enough offense I've seen there, Russ, and maybe 1-1, but I'm going to give you guys the advantage for a one nothing uh, full victory at Goodison Park to kick things off. Okay, excellent. All right, so normally I would – go with you and agree with you on one nil. I just don't like going with just a one goal difference when, when I predict these things. Fair. So I am going to say two nil just because I just like a two goal difference. Just, just how I roll, I like but it. it, but it could very easily be one nil. It could be a draw. This is not going to be easy for either side, but I do like Fulham's chances here. I think it's an important match for them because of the matches they have coming up afterwards, Taylor. They play Brentford at home, which I feel confident about. Right after that, they play Arsenal and they play well, they play Man City and then Arsenal. So you tell me how massive these next two <laughs> matches are. So it's very important. I think they know how important it is. So I think Fulham are going to give it everything that they can to get all three points at Goodison Park, a place where Fulham have traditionally not done very well, but I'm hopeful in this match. Okay. Taylor, thank you so much for doing this with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I had a blast, Russ. I, I, you know, you're welcome anytime on my program. We'd love to come back <laughs> and eat for the next match. We uh, we see in Absolutely. January, so maybe we'll talk again. But I will tell you this. You mentioned who you guys get to start with. We got Aston Villa after y'all next week. You think I'm looking forward to seeing Unai Emery? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that Villa team, man, I'm telling you, they're scary. Okay. Well, I I understand where you're going on that, my friend. I do want to mention that if, if you're interested, Taylor and his brother have a wonderful show on the Big Jab up in Maine. And uh, please do check that out. It is a wonderful show. And I would highly recommend it. I've been on it several times. I actually enjoy your show, Taylor. And I'm and thank you very, much, very happy to say, I, I want to call you, you are my friend. So I'm absolutely. glad that you yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you could come on my show. I've been on your show several yeah. times. So thank you. Yeah, well, well, trust me, I was gonna reach out to you anyway. I'm sure we'll be talking to you next week about uh this this recap on my programming. <laughs> uh, sounds good. And oh, by the way, anyone that's interested, Taylor's brother Jeff is a Tottenham Hotspur fan. He's not welcome. I'm just kidding. Uh Jeff can come. Jeff can well, come too. And see, Russ, I'll get full disclosure. And he'll laugh when he hears this because I know he'll watch it. He said that Everton's getting relegated. So you know what? As far as I'm concerned, I'm fine with the ban. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Taylor. Listen, again, thank you so much for joining me. We do have to wrap up this episode. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts to Cottage Talk. It does help other phone supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much to my very special guest, Taylor Mannix. From the big jab on the Mannix and Mannix show, my name is Russ Combe. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.